We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Liar. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, folks? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. And joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, the man that led the Justice for Kendrick Bourne movement all the way to New England. Yep. Eric Crocker. How you feeling, man? Are you hanging in there? I'm feeling like it's so hard to <laughs> say goodbye. That's beautiful, man. <laughs> Justice for Kendrick Bourne. Justice was served. We'll say that, man. Um, I'm really happy for him. I know I know how it is to be an undrafted guy and, you know, fighting to, to stay on the roster, fighting to, you know, figure out what your your uh, your role is going to be. And I think for Kendrick Bourne, I, I, I think more so than anything, like the, the, the thing that makes it most amazing about what he's done is he's done all this and he is not a special teams contributor. Like a lot of times, like that's something like you have to be good at special teams, especially if you're 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 undrafted. Like you have to have some type of special teams value, and he just didn't <laughs> at all. And sometimes somehow he was able to stick around and carve out a role. So, um, and ride that all the way to the tune of what twenty two million dollars that he just signed for. Yep. So uh, you know, yeah. So as an as an undrafted guy, 
and for him to to do that that's that's really cool i'm proud of him um you know and i know a lot of people say oh he sucks or or he's just average and it's like yeah okay he's average whatever but to me it's it's even deeper than that man it's it's a dude that bet on himself <laughs> he left he left uh, a one double a school uh, F- fcs right fcs school his junior year <laughs> went undrafted um you know showed up made the team wasn't active until like what like 10 weeks or so but eventually was able to kind of carve out his own role in the NFL while not being like the physical free. He's not like the most athletic, the fastest, the quickest, the twitchiest, like none of that. But he just played well in his role as like a fourth option. And it's really good to see like somebody who works really hard and people make fun of him because he posts his workouts, you know, every off season, but he works extremely hard. Seems like, like he had like this infectious um, attitude that the receivers room took on and everybody liked him and stuff. You know, it's it's just good to see a good person win. And, you know, I hope that he continues to have success in New England, even though if there was one place where I'd say don't go there, I would have said don't go to New England. <laughs> I just <laughs> I don't I just don't I've had friends that played in New England and I mean one guy it was so bad he was he asked to be released and he was a receiver. He was like, man, just like can y'all just release me? <laughs> so, like, that's how it is there. So hopefully, you know, he's able to be him and um, be that, you know, that that person that plays the game with, uh, you know, so much joy and excel. He got paid a good amount of money. I would assume that he's going to get more opportunities. I want to see who's going to be on the field more, him or Nikhil Harry. Like, who would have thought that that would even be a conversation? So, um, or maybe Nikhil Harry gets dealt now. And they signed Nelson Aguilar. We're, we're going to see, but – uh that's really cool. Really cool of him. Justice has been served for Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, and I could tell you earlier today and just right now, I was going through and 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 Croc knows this. I have. If you guys don't know, don't know this, I have talked about this. I have a really, really, really expansive people I've muted list. Like I think it's like <laughs> probably coming up on four hundred people. Oh and, man! And it's because I just don't. Like, it's my Twitter experience. If I feel like you're going to consistently say dumb shit, then I'm going to mute you. I'm not going to block you because I like the fact that you're going to be sitting there yelling at a brick wall, thinking I'm seeing your tweets, and I'm not. So it's, I mean, it's satisfying to me. But I went through my, because I did that little tweet about Kendrick Bourne, you know, him moving on to New England and the 49ers were going to miss his energy, his dependability, and stuff like that. And, of course, like we saw throughout his tenure with the 49ers, we had the dumbasses, and I'm not mincing words, just straight-up idiots who were in there talking about, oh, drop too many balls for, for my taste. Like, oh, man, too many drops. And then one dude even bitched about the fact that he spins footballs after he catches it. Like, dude, what <laughs> planet are you living on? Like, do you just hate football? Like, do you just watch the game of football and just get pissed off? Like, oh, man, he, he spun the ball. I'm, I'm done. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. And it's just like, I just look at that shit, and I'm like, who are these grumpy-ass football fans? And do they even enjoy the game? Like, Well, I, I would ask, how how are they, like, at their job? Like, do they, <laughs> even with small wins, is like, do you not get excited with little things going in the right direction? Like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, do you not do that? Like, that's all that is. It's like he worked really hard on that play. He caught the ball. He likes to spin it. Point first down, because they're usually for first downs or touchdowns. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, you know, he just plays with with that type of mindset, and I think 
really, I think, like, what he's thinking in his head is, I should get the ball more. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think that's what he's thinking. Now, I don't know if that's the case, but I, I think, you know, I, I like his confidence, man. I like I like his confidence in Right, in, in and I've liked plays. it since day one, the way he was always – the way he caught the ball, you know, he was always confident in doing that. The way he ran routes, he was always a good route runner. I just liked a lot of the things about his game. I liked his attitude. If you've never just – I mean, I spent so much time standing behind the end zone before the games and watching him warm up. And, like, the dude just loves what he does. Like, he, you remember the, a couple pods ago where I asked you about how, you know, how many dudes actually love the game of football versus just do it for to get paid? Well, right. Kendrick Bourne definitely loves the game of football, and he lives and breathes it, and he has so much fun out there, and he brings so much energy to that group. And if you've never been in situations that suck, and, like, obviously Croc's been on teams, you know, I was in the military – you always need somebody that is just up around you because it brings you up. And, like, you feel like you're a goof for for being down when somebody's next to you that's feeling like that. And that's how Kendrick Bourne was. That's why everybody loves him. And yeah. I, I, it's just weird to see people so, like, uptight about him. Uh, yeah, it is kind of weird. But, again, like, you know, anything I, I feel like anything that you do and and you do, you know, well to where, you know, you excel to some extent at your job, like, be happy about that and uh, and have fun with it. And I think that's what he does. He he has a lot of fun with it, even when, I guess, people think he shouldn't be having fun, you know, but whatever. Um, right. He's $22 million richer, um, and he was an undrafted rookie free agent. So uh, a lot of those guys flame out and, uh, you know, maybe get a year or two in. He's made a career out of it, and, and, and he's made some decent money. So happy for him. I'm pretty sure he's about to go and – Spurge on a lot of uh, – he likes fancy stuff, that's for sure. I, I follow him on Instagram. So um, he's probably going to go get a Bugatti and – There goes that money. All this crazy stuff, but hey, uh, he, works, is, he works hard for it. Right, right. Well, let's – before we before we get into the 49ers, like, genuine, you know, kind of like their, their day, I guess you could say, their day, their free agency. Before we get into that stuff, we already got a few speaker requests. So get let's get some going right now. John Conway, I'm about to hit the button. You are on stage, my friend. What do you got? Can you hear me? We yes, can. Sir. First long-time listener, first-time caller. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Let's go. Uh, well, it's a crazy day today, especially with us 49er fans. Um as the day has progressed, do you guys feel less confident that Trent Williams will stay in the red and gold, or do you think it's looking like he's probably moving on? And if he is, what is uh, the best option to replace him? Ooh. Why don't, why don't you you want to take a shot? Across? Well, I, I think I saw something, and I don't know if I opened it, but I think I saw something that said that Trent Williams is giving the 49ers the option to match any offer he gets. Is that something that was reported? Uh, I haven't seen that, but I also just spent a couple hours out in the garage kind of sporadically checking on Twitter. So it wouldn't okay. surprise me, and I always felt like that would be the case. So Yeah, so if that's the case, then I'm I'm not worried. Um, at the end of the day, it seems like the 49ers have, you know, cleared up enough cap space to where they can handle that situation however they have to. And I, and I believe if they if they do – then it's definitely a successful offseason. You know, being able to, you know, re-sign him, you get Juszczyk, who's a big part of the offense, and, you know, get, you know, Verrett back, I think they're definitely heading in the right direction with the offseason. So, um, 
hopefully they can get it done. I'm confident that they will because it seems like he really likes them. And hopefully he just understands that the team that was on the field last year, like that's not really them. You know, healthy, this team can, you know, do really special things. So, um, you know, I I hope, and I, I hope it, it happens soon. You know, you start seeing teams like the Kansas City Chiefs sniffing around. You're like, oh, man, I, I can't. We can't let him go protecting Patrick Mahomes, but um, yeah, man, I hope, I hope it, it, I'm encouraged. I and I, I'm kind of like I'm somewhere in the, in the middle. I do feel like with all the deals we've seen, with all the deals we've seen, it's a good thing that the 49ers that that or excuse me that Trent Williams hasn't been announced as to signing to any other team. Obviously, we've seen some really big deals if. The if the if Trent Williams is going to be signed by another team, if the Colts, who I feel like are the favorites outside of the 49ers, were going to sign, is that is that in the background of John's mic? I'm just checking. Um, yeah, I'm, that's my daughter. She's okay. Well, tell her I said hello. I'm just making sure. Um, uh, I think that it's a good thing we haven't heard anything yet because, like Croc kind of just said, and I always assumed was going to be going on, was. The 49 Trent Williams is going to give the 49ers every opportunity to match, to compete with the other offers, offers you get. I don't know if he's willing to take a discount, but I know that he's willing to give the 49ers time to, to match everything. And, you know, uh, there was a little bit of a, some news, from, I think it was from Albert Breer earlier today, saying the 49ers were willing to spend up to $20 million a year on Trent Williams, which is Kind of like the low tier of the elite players. I, I think that would probably be somewhere around like third or fourth on on the list of tackles. And Trent Williams is maybe first or second when it comes to talent. But you know, I I don't think that if they're willing to spend twenty million and twenty two million dollars gets it done, I think if they can swing it, they'll do it. It would be really tough to for them to let him walk out the door, considering how good he is and how much they need somebody there. Uh, we'll see. I just, like I said, I do feel like it's a good thing that we haven't heard of him signing with anywhere else or somebody else trying to lock him up or somebody else trying to get involved. Um, we'll see. But the 49ers got to be ready for a little bit of a, a bidding war um, because uh, free agency starts in, you know, in like two days, a little less than two days. So um, speaking of that, too. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead sorry. Oh, I was no, going to no. say, because I saw someone like, I've seen some tweets about Kendrick Bourne being overpaid. The, the one thing, and you just hit the nail on the head with it, like, in free agency, you're going to overpay. That's why a lot of people just don't want to get their good players. They don't, they don't want to let them get to free agency. And typically, if they do, you're, you're going to have to overpay most of the time, unless you just don't want the guy. But most of these contracts that you're going to see are going to be that of, a, like, you're going to feel like your team – or the opposing team overpaid for that player. That that's just what free agency is. Right, and and it is. It always is. You're paying now in in Trent Williams' case. Obviously, you're paying a premium price price for a premium player. But they always say that you know you pay premium prices for players that aren't you know for non-premium players. But in Trent Williams' case, that's just you know he's he's everything you want in somebody you pay that much. It's just whether the 49ers are able to do that, considering all the other players they've signed. But I don't think they would have signed all those other players without leaving themselves enough room to tr- sign Trent Williams. So I don't think this is none of that is getting in the way. I just think it's a matter of them deciding on what their ceiling is for his contract and whether or not they're willing to pay him that. And if the 49ers don't get Trent Williams. I would immediately move offensive tackle to far and away their number one draft need, and I would expect them to pick that at 
at 12, you know, or higher if they felt crazy about it. It just becomes a huge need. Now, maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe they have other plans and they, and they try and get the best tackle that's available in the second round. I know this is a pretty good offensive line class, but I think that as far as replacing it, I would assume it would be done in the draft just because they're already up against the salary cap. And why not, why would you not sign Trent Williams and then try and sign some other tackle for like $5 million less or whatever it would end up being when you could just do it in, in the draft? So, we're kind of all over the place right now. I guess I'm rambling on now, but I do feel, I still feel optimistic that him and the 49ers are going to work it out. But at this time, as time goes on, I'm like, eh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, John, is that it, bud? Yeah, it is. I appreciate you guys. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for chilling. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. All right, all right. So that was kind of a, I, I I took way too long to answer that answer, but my bad. There's I mean, so the reason I took so long to answer that is because Trent Williams was one of the things we wanted to talk about, anyways. So if somebody's going to ask about him, then we might as well, you know, kind of roll through what we were planning on talking about, anyways. Before we get to the the rest of the 49ers free agent, or kind of like the 49ers day, let's hear from Jorn. Jorn, you are on the stage, my friend. What do you got? Hey guys, can you hear me? We yep. we can. Well, first I'm going to say. Even though it's not true, first time caller, long time listener. Just want to clarify <laughs> <of> that. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, my question is mostly about is related to Kendrick Bourne. Uh, do you guys think the 49ers are going to try to replace his production at that third wide receiver spot, either in the draft, through free agency, a combination of both? What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I definitely think some sort of combination of both. You know, now to what extent? We'll have to see. If I had to guess, they'll throw some money. I mean, you know, I think I saw something saying they were sniffing around John Ross. You know, I could see them signing John Ross and not necessarily to be like the third receiver, but just, you know, maybe a field stretcher and whatnot. Also, there will be time and we'll see how they do things this offseason, if they'll even have OTAs. But if they do, you know, there will be time to see, hey, will Jalen Hurd be ready? Will Jawan Jennings be ready, you know, will Jennings take, you know, that next step to where he is kind of pushing the line for reps? Because essentially what Kendrick Bourne was was kind of a a, a big slot almost, right? I mean, now he's not, like, big, but, you know, essentially like that type of role. Like, he's not, like, just speedster or big separator or anything like that. Um, he is a possession guy. And I think, you know, when you look at somebody like Jennings, I think he can kind of fill that role. Now, if he will, I, I, I don't know. So I could see them – possibly going the free agent route, but with the 49ers, man, they, they've done a really good job of getting production out of rookies. So if, if they were just to be like, you know what, we got Debo, we got Ayuk, we got some depth behind of guys, maybe we don't know what they are, and we signed to John Ross, let's go ahead and draft a receiver in the fourth round. And we've done a good job of getting production out of rookies. Let's just go that route, not have to force that situation or have to pay somebody, and then now we have to – you know, really utilize him. Let's just go the way of the draft. That's a cheaper way, and, you know, we've done a good job. So I, I could see it going a bunch of different ways. If I have to guess, I, I think it would be more of that route, a, a cheap free agent and a mid-round pick. I kind of – I'm I'm the exact same. I, I feel like they might try to wait – because it, it seems like if there's one position that didn't have a lot of action today, despite the fact that there's a lot of talent out there, it's receivers, and, and obviously Robert Sala and the Jets got one of the bigger ones in Corey Davis. Um, 
But, you know, Kenny Galladay hasn't signed yet. Emmanuel Sanders hasn't signed yet. Uh, there's there's quite a few other names out there that I just can't rattle off from the top of my head that haven't signed yet. So I feel like maybe the 49ers feel like they'll be able to get somebody that can contribute for fairly cheap. Um, and then I feel like the rest of their efforts are going to go into the draft. So I could see them taking a receiver in like the third round or maybe the, the start of day day three at the beginning of the fourth round, somewhere in there, um, it, just to get somebody that they feel like they could step in. But, again, we just got done talking about Kendrick Bourne, dude's an undrafted free agent that they turned into, you know, a, a bona fide starter and somebody that just got paid three years, $20 million. So maybe they feel like they can wait on that. And, but they are rolling the, the dice a little bit with that, just assuming – that Debo Samuel is going to stay healthy, and, and that's kind of a little bit of a risk by what we've seen. So I, I do agree with Croc, though. I think they're probably going to go with some blend between the two of them and just let it shake out during during training camp. You got anything else there, uh, uh, Jorn? Yeah, real quick. Uh, with Trent Williams still being unsigned, I think the elephant in the room, so to speak, is Jimmy's contract still not being touched. The longer that goes on, what do you guys think that says about his future? with the- Well, I mean – Croc tweeted about Croc, Croc. Croc tweeted this this tweet earlier today, and I just sent him the tweet and I texted him. I was like, I was like, your drama, man. Like, because he tweeted about the fact that you know the 49ers are in need of money and they could easily get money if they were to restructure Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, but that would mean that they'd be keeping him around a little bit longer. And like, Crocker already knew the answer to his tweet, but he's like, <laughs> he's just stirring the pot. And it's so funny to me. But uh, yeah, it just says that the 49ers don't want to commit to him long-term, period. And they might not be. They, I mean, they could still be trading him. They could still be outright cutting him. They just don't want to commit to anything more than they've already committed. You know, that's it's really, so, really all yeah, there is I to mean, it. Yeah, and that was my thing, like, it was. It, I was. I was just being funny on Twitter. And there were a lot of people that were answering it like, "Well, I don't think they want to commit to him." And in my head, I'm like, "Man, I, I know. Like, I do. Uh-huh. I'm just being funny." But um, John Lynch did say that if it came, if there came a point in time where they did need to restructure him to free up extra money, then they will. So we'll see if that holds true, or we'll see if he was just talking out of his ass. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. But that's, I mean, that's that's pretty much all it comes down to, Jordan. They just, they don't, they don't want to be committed to him any longer than they have to, um, unless things get desperate, I guess. But that's my take, man. Yep, makes sense to me. Thanks, guys. All right, brother. All right. So before we before we get him, uh, why keep him this year and not next year? Because they, I mean, they that was asked in the chat by Joe uh, because he's going to cost. I mean, I don't know what he's going to cost next year, actually. I'd have to look it up again. I felt like I knew, but I don't now. Um, because they may have somebody else. I mean, if he plays great this year, then why not keep him next year? You're right. But, it, I mean, it depends on what their plans are. And as of right now, it's never really seemed like Jimmy Garoppolo was, like, the long-term guy. But uh, any more long-term than they've already signed him to. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see. They could. You never know what happens. Jimmy could ball out. If they keep Jimmy, could ball out this year and, like, yeah, man, maybe we'll maybe we'll stick with him. But. We just never know. We never know. So, uh, Croc, the 49ers got Jason Verrett back, which is a huge win for Jason Verrett, huge win for the team. What are your feelings on that, man? Yeah, no, it was good. Now, the first thing I I thought of when I saw that, I was like, I'm still drafting J.C. Horn at 12. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't change the fact that we ain't got nobody for uh, D.K. Metcalf. 
But um, not just in, in, in all seriousness, he, you know, that's good. Like, and it, it's not a long-term commitment commitment or anything. Like, I, I didn't think so. I thought he'd get, like, two years. But um, definitely not a long-term commitment. And I think, you know, for another year, the 49ers have a solid starter. And somebody I feel like they are more comfortable with starting than Mosley. So I think we still kind of got to figure out that, that other side. Or maybe they have something else planned for Mosley. I, I think it does kind of tell me that, they're going to give Mosley a shot, and I, I I get it, but in, but it's like, man, we just got to revamp this position. Like, you guys, you keep trying to patch together a position that can, like, really help things, right? It, you know, if you if it, it can change the way that you actually have to play defense. Like, right now, there were things the 49ers did last year, even with um, when Richard Sherman was playing, they would move Richard Sherman to, like, the middle of the field, kind of, like, safety type thing because they couldn't play man coverage with him. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And they would just have him kind of, like, hang out in the middle of the field. And, you know, it's like, get, get like, aren't you tired of having to piece this position together? Like, get you somebody who you can say, hey, go guard that guy. And, you know, that guy just happens to be one of the baddest mother efforts in the league in DK Metcalf. Like, get you somebody that's not going to back down from that challenge and you can just say, you know what, get him. And he can make life difficult for DK. Because you know who does that? Jalen Ramsey, he does that. Patrick Peterson, he does that. Like, like you want to try to make life. And Stephon Gilmore. Like, Stephon Gilmore had a rough day against DK. But just the fact that you have somebody who can, at the very least, challenge him. And right now, the 49ers really don't have anybody that wants that, like, those issues <laughs> with, with DK. And it's it's tough. And then you saw what you saw what uh and uh uh Devontae Adams did to the 49ers. Like that wasn't even much better. I mean he dogged both Mosley and Verrett. And he was just like, dude, like, this is child's play. And that's what it looked like out there, like child's play. Like we had nobody for him. So again, those are just two circum two you know, two times out of a fourteen sixteen game season or whatever, but at any moment, I feel like if one of these receivers get hot and they're really good like that, like the 49ers don't really have an, an answer. And it's like, man, like, stop piecing together this position. And I'm not talking about with Verrett, but really more so of just not having, like, that guy. But, you know, happy for Verrett. Uh, I, I think he's a really good – he's a legit starter in the NFL right now still. Didn't commit to him long term. I still hope that they address that position in the draft because they just haven't. Right. Yeah, I'm pumped for Verrett, man. You got to remember his story and where he came from. And he had, you know, multiple season-ending injuries with the Chargers. Came to the 49ers, got hurt, couldn't really play. In, in the one, like, the few plays he got during that year, he got burned uh, against the the Steelers. And, and everybody was like, man, this guy's toast. He's done. And he sticks with it, even though he contemplated retiring, comes back the next year and just plays out of his mind. Played like you know, a, a top 15 to 10 corner in the league and maybe even higher than that. I don't know it's like how the statistics play out, but just look great that last year and the four, the fact that the 49ers were able to lock him up. Someone did report, I think it was Ian Rappaport, that uh, Jason Brett had a multi-year deal or deals on the table and he turned him down to come to the 49ers for probably what was like a little bit more money this year, but obviously wanted to be here 
wanted to continue that relationship. I, I told, I said yesterday I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case just because of how that whole situation's unfolded. And, you know, Jason Brett just. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, kind of just this amazing story that that also had to do with the fact that the 49ers stuck with him and didn't just move on despite, you know, his first year with the 49ers resulting in yet another injury. So he uh, he's a special story, man, and I hope he has another good year like he did last year and, and gets paid a lot next year. Because if he does, if he repeats that twice, teams are going to be a lot more willing to uh, to pay him big, especially if the salary cap's expected to jump up like like it's expected to. Um, so I'm good on that, man. 5.5 million. Not even all of that is guaranteed. I think some of that is incentives built into the contract. And, uh, you know, it's, that's great money for a guy who's capable of starting as long as he stays healthy. And we'll see. Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash gold, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com gold. That's BetterHelp, 
dot com slash G O L D. Um, before we get on to another topic, um, let's go to our next speaker request. And we got Sumanth. Hopefully I said that right. If I don't, just correct me. But you are on the on stage, the st- my friend. Hey, am I audible? Yes, you are. Hey, uh, so, yeah, great podcast as always. So my question is about uh, Samsung Ebucom. I feel uh, that's a very underrated move. Uh, I think they got a great value with that guy. What do you guys think of that move? Well, I'm glad you asked about it because we hadn't talked about it yet. Um, but, yeah, the 49ers, one of their bigger moves so far, their biggest move really when you're looking at it, well, not not kind of like per year, I guess you could say. It's kind of like their biggest move. But the 49ers signed outside linebacker Samson Ebukam, I believe is how you say it. And for two years, $13.5 million. Uh, it's up to $13.5 million. I think the average is about $5 million a year, which for a, a, an edge rusher is never going to be considered that much. You know, the elite make, ones make up to $20 million. So uh, it's not, it's not a, a back-breaking contract by any means. But, Croc, I know you were kind of talking about him a little bit earlier when we were FaceTiming. What, are you, what did you kind of see? What did you hear? What are you, you know, what were your first takes on, on Mr. Samson Ebukam? So, so my initial reaction was to reach out to someone that is, you know, a part of the Rams, right? And I'm like, okay, th- this person should tell me kind of straight. And it's Alexis Kraft. So I asked Alexis, I said, hey, the, you know, the uh, the Ebukam the guy, like I knew that he played for the Rams. Like once I heard his name, I knew he played defense for the Rams, but I couldn't tell you if he was good or not. So I asked her about him, and he said, uh, and she said, excuse me, she said he has potential, but he is inconsistent, played well in 2019, but dropped off last season. He's an outside linebacker, will play well in the right system, but it's risky, in my opinion. High risk, high reward. That's what she said. And I was like, okay. And so, you know, I look at, like, his stats, you know, and I'm not like a stats guy. I want to look at how somebody plays. But I looked at his stats, and I'm seeing, like, Four and a half sacks, four and a half sacks, like that that type of thing every year. I'm like, man, this reminds me of Shaquille Barrett. Like when Barrett was coming out of Denver, he was limited to being a situational pass rusher, and his numbers weren't great. They were pretty much the same as that, like four and a half sacks, five sacks, three and a half, something like that, right? It wasn't great. But Tampa signed him one year, $5 million, and he had an excellent season to where they had to – franchise tag him, and then he had another, you know, good year. But, I mean, when I say excellent, he had 19 and a half sacks, I think, that year playing on the $5 million deal. So, um, obviously, like, that's striking gold, no pun intended. Uh, I'm not saying, like, the 49ers <laughs> will strike gold with um, this guy. But I will say, like, we'll, we'll see. Like, you know, we'll see. Like, it, it sounds like there is something there uh, from a potential standpoint. But, you know, Leonard Floyd came in and, you know, either took his reps or whatever the case is. So um, I think right now where the 49ers are, it sounds like D Ford. I don't know. They did something weird with his contract where they restructured it to, you know, I guess open up some money and whatnot. Man, there's restructuring everybody's contract with Jimmy Garoppolo. But anyways, um, I guess they're opening up some money. And I don't even know who the other edge rusher is. I mean, I guess they play Eric Armstead there, but, you know, he's – not your ideal third down edge rusher. Um, so if they can have this guy and he can just be a situational guy, I just don't think you pay somebody six million dollars a year to be situational. But you know, I guess I guess we'll see. 
we'll we'll see. I, I don't know. I have to watch him, but it sounds like he's a really good athlete. Uh, we'll we'll see how it works out. Yeah, I know KP from uh, Niners Nation. He he was tweeting about the fact that he's just an elite athlete, and the 49ers have had a little bit of trouble keeping contained. And he's talking about the fact that he'll be able to probably do that a bit a little bit more effectively than what we're used to. I know his pressure percentage per snaps is pretty high. I know it's pretty good. It, and, it was it was fifteenth uh, in the in the NFL. Right, and and that's good. That just means, and in one of the things I mentioned to Croc is kind of reminds me of like a Kerry Hyder thing. When the 49ers signed him, everybody was kind of like, well, okay, you know, like this guy's sort of cool. And he kind of was just was doing his thing on the Cowboys, never really got his chance to be like one of the guys. Came to the 49ers, got to be the guy, and showed out, and now he's going to get paid. Uh, somebody asked if I've heard anything about that. I hadn't heard anything about that, but uh, about when, what, you know, who he might sign with, Kerry Hyder. But, uh, you know, you're just taking a guy that is is a really athlete, had one of his best games of the year against the 49ers last year, and he just seems like he could grow into something more than what he's been given the chance to have. And and maybe the 49ers. And the 49ers seem like they have good guys in the building to kind of develop him. Somebody in the chat put Yannick better. Like, yeah, of course he is. That's why he got paid $13 million compared to, like, five. So, yeah, that's, that's not saying much. The 49ers weren't trying to get – a guy like that, and they didn't really have the money to get a guy like that. So um, it's a decent move. We'll see how much he plays. Uh, the 49ers did restructure D Ford's contract, changed it into two years, $24 million. Uh, We'll see kind of the ins and outs of the numbers, but they were essentially going to have to pay him kind of like his base salary anyways because D Ford was not going to pass a physical, and he has to pass a physical, I believe, in order for the 49ers to release him. So what they did is they just reworked his contract, gave him the money he was going to get anyways, and probably moved it around to where it benefited them uh, this year when they're tied against the cap. And next year, there should be a lot more. So, um, you know, it's it's just, uh, it's just a kind of procedural thing with D. Ford. We'll see how much he gets on the field. I don't know, man. The way they talked about it seemed like he was, like, contemplating retirement or something. Like, his back was just bad. But we'll see. We'll see. And we'll also see what a uh, uh, you know, what what uh, Ebukam is capable of doing. I feel like the 49ers kind of have a good eye for people in that position. So I think we, if I had to guess, I think we'll probably be pleasantly surprised. But we'll see. Um, but I do think it's a good signing. There's not a lot of money there. You're paying a guy like somewhere around the, the, the like five to six million a year for an edge rusher. That's just not a lot of money. So I don't think it's really worth overreacting. I think it's definitely something that, could work out in the 49ers' favor just given that they didn't have to give up much to give them. And just go look up at some of the numbers that these other edge guys are signing for. Yes, they are better. They are more proven. But they're also way, way, way more than what the 49ers paid this guy. So I don't, I don't really think it's worth getting too worked up over it. But, um, right. you know. Um, can you talk about uh, – oh, Brian Peacock's in here. What up, Brian? Uh, I was just listening listening to you today, my friend. Um Brian asked, and this was one of our topics, Brian asked in the chat, can you talk about the next great 49ers backup quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky? And I know that you had put that on your notes, Croc, so I don't know, man. What do you, What's your take on the whole Mitchell Trubisky deal? <laughs> so, I mean, when I first saw it, I don't know. Did you, you saw my tweet, huh, when I was like, I posted the Joe Budden thing. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, um. But I really just wanted to use that video because I've been, like, holding it hostage for a while, and I just never had the opportunity to do it. So that wasn't actually my, like, reaction. 
when I saw it, you know, I look at Mitchell Trubisky as someone who is just like, you know, he has talent, but he has just played poorly. Kind of like how we view, you know, Sam Darnold. Now, Trubisky's situation has definitely been a lot better than Darnold um, from his, you know, who his offensive coordinator is, you know, slash head coach, to the weapons that he's had around him. He definitely doesn't have, like, an excuse to be as inconsistent as he is. But when you watch him, the one thing that is clear is that he has, like, the tools. You know, he has the, the arm strength, the mobility, the athleticism, the ability to make plays with his legs. Like, he can do all that. He just doesn't do it <laughs> very well. <laughs> yeah. So um, when I look at him, you know, when you think about it from a backup quarterback perspective, like, typically your backup quarterback is not going to be, like, hella good. So I know people will look at that and be like, oh, they're bringing him in. But I will say, like, if he needed the opportunity and maybe a coach to help resurrect, his, you know, who he is and maybe what he can do and maybe possibly bring the best out of him because I think – that kind of gets overlooked a little bit with Kyle Shanahan where I think we do look at the quarterback that he's had and it's like, oh, well, they kind of suck, <laughs> right? Like Mullins and Beathard. But he does, like, get the most out of them. So if he can just get the most out of somebody like Trubisky, then that eventually will be a good signing. And that would be one where I'm like, damn, if you get the best out of him, then Garoppolo, you – you got to be on your stuff, you know, because I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, man, I'm tired of Garoppolo being a statue in the pocket and not being able to move, can't throw outside the numbers <laughs> down the field. Let's just see what Trubisky can do, right? And I think that would be like Garoppolo's worst nightmare. Or what can happen is, and I don't think that this is the case, but I know in my uh, like in the, my initial thought process in the offseason was getting a veteran backup, somebody that you feel could potentially be a starter, and on draft day, if you can get a guy like, say, Justin Fields, because that's who I really like, if you can draft a guy like Fields, then now, all right, like, we can trade Garoppolo for a mid-round pick or something. And you kind of go into the season with Trubisky and your, you know, top 10 pick. So I guess that's just kind of two ways to go about it. I don't think that's the case. I think that they're really just looking for somebody to – be able to fill in if Garoppolo goes down because, like, that's kind of really hurt the team lately. But uh, backup quarterbacks are backup quarterbacks for a reason. And if Trubisky is signed for that, it's it's to just help improve that and not be as drastic of a drop-off as a uh, Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. That's really all it comes down to for me. Like, if he, if he's signed to be a backup, then cool. You know, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo plays horrible, at least maybe you get something something from Mitchell Trubisky, but you you still get a little bit, a lot more from him than what you were getting from Nick Bones, C.J. Beathard. I mean, at least it just kind of makes that room a little bit better. But, I mean, if you're talking about him as a starter in some weird universe, I mean, that's kind of lame. You're just, it would be in, it would be the opposite of what Kyle Shanahan talked about. Like, you don't go with, you don't part ways with, Jimmy Garoppolo only to go with Mitchell Trubisky because then you're like, well, we didn't get better. And I'm not saying that means Jimmy Garoppolo is good, but Mitchell Trubisky kind of sucks. So you're not getting better, at least on the surface. This, that doesn't include the Kyle Shanahan magic that could happen, but you get what I'm meaning. There's really not a whole lot of upgrade going on there. Um, but if he's brought in to be the backup and just kind of gen add a, maybe a little bit of competition to that mix, then sure, why the hell not? But, I mean – it's just there. I don't. I mean, there's nothing to excited about. But yeah. So everybody's like, no kind of. He sucks. 
He's so, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm always a little nicer than that, I guess. But he was yeah, going on this little run, though. Like, at the end of the year, they kind of changed up his offense and made it more of, like, a Kyle Shanahan-style offense where everything was kind of like bootlegs and stuff like that, a little easier. And I just remember thinking, like, damn, is Mr. Risky going to be a free agent this year? Because he's playing out of gear uh-huh. right now. And people were like, no, crap. And then he did, like, this, like, the worst – Interception ever. <laughs> I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> right, right. Like, but, um, right. yeah, there was a stretch where he was playing kind of well. And then, uh, yeah, the playoffs was ugly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there's Joe hope for him. But... The extra, Joe mentioned the fact that you might have an extra 15 or 20 million. And that's true, but you're still sucking. Like, you got a little bit extra money. And I doubt that 15 to 20 million could go towards not sucking because you've still got a bad quarterback. You know, so it, it it's saving money's nice, and maybe it pans out in the future because they get some hotshot rookie that develops. But you can't just like get noticeably worse at quarterback, and just kind of the only thing you got from it was saving some money because you've got a bunch of guys on this roster that were a part of the Super Bowl run. They don't just want to get worse for no reason other than to save money. You know, it, it just it's it's a tough sell because you're like, hey, sorry guys. Jim Garoppolo was just a little too expensive. We know you, you guys went to the Super Bowl with him, but he was just a little too expensive. So here is Mitchell Trubisky, and they'd be like, I'm out. Like, obviously, yeah, they wouldn't be out. They got a job to do, but you know what yeah, I mean. Well, again, but, yeah, like, Trubisky played on some really good Bears teams, like one of the top defenses in the league, like great weapons and all that, and he was still really bad. So um, the only hope for him is that maybe just a reset – and, like, change of, you know, scenery. I, I remember hearing Steve Young talk about Carson Wentz, and he was saying, like, and this was before Carson Wentz got benched, but he was like, he needs to be benched so he can, like, have a reset and slow down. And and, and he made actually said this. Man, that's crazy. And I'll bring up that sound audio for you guys. I'll find it because I know I tweeted it out. But he he mentioned Wentz and Trubisky. Like, they, they just need to slow down. They need to be benched. And slow down. They have the tools. They have the ability. And I was going to talk about this on my um my podcast on my uh, Patreon account, patreon.com slash crop talk. But um, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to the MVP. Don't subscribe But I was going to talk about it like everybody looks back on that draft because Watson and Mahomes were taken. And obviously they've been excellent. They're both like. You know, definitely like top seven quarterbacks. Mahomes arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. But people are all oh, Trubisky. The Bears take him. Trubisky was talented coming out. Like he is. Like when you when you watch him at North Carolina, he was he was good. Like he ran well. He was athletic. His accuracy was good. He was throwing the ball downfield. Like he did all the things. Like when you like, oh, I want my quarterback to look like this. Like he looked like that <laughs> in college. And then you have guys like. um you had a uh, uh, Watson who, you know, uh, I don't know if his arm is strong enough and all that. And Watson really, he had the it factor, but you can't measure that. Like, it's hard to measure the it factor. So, you know, that was the best thing that Watson kind of had going for him. And then Mahomes, it was a little, like, backyardish football a little bit, but it was it was almost like, ah, oh, we got to coach a whole lot of bad habits out of him. So, like, I know people look back on it now and they're like, oh, wow, how did Trubisky, you know, go ahead of those guys? But if you really just go back in, in that time and, and not using hindsight, but you go back and you look at it for what it was at that moment, it's it's not shocking 
that he was the first quarterback taken. And he had that type of ability, but I think to what Steve Young was saying, sometimes, like, these guys, they need a reset. They need to be benched. They need to be backups. They need to see it, slow down, take you know, take a deep breath, and then get back out there. And maybe that's what Trubisky needs. And, you know, it might not be for the 49ers. It might be, you know, whoever, whatever. But maybe maybe there is hope. I, I'm not betting on that because it just hasn't looked good. But that could be the case. Yeah, that's and that's kind of the thing. It's like the only way something like that works out is if some like crazy ass miracle happens, and you're like, "God damn, Trubisky didn't suck. Matt Nagy and the Bears did." And but you know, it, it, it that just seems so like out there to me. There's just there's just not a whole lot whole lot to it. You know, it's like yeah, there's it's just I'm not that positive. You know, like I'm not I'm not that much of a positive. And, uh, we're, and we are very positive people. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, I don't know like, if I can go that far. Yeah. I don't know if I can go that far. So to kind of round out the 49ers, so I, the way I tweeted it out earlier is I kind of just summed up everything the 49ers did in March. And we're only, you know, we're 15 days into March, about halfway through. So kind of going in chronological order, they claimed cornerback Mark, Field, Mark Fields, who I think was from the Pittsburgh, I can't remember. Um, they tendered Daniel Brunskill, who started at right guard this last season. Uh, they signed Marcel Harris safety to a one-year deal. They signed Ross Dwelly to a one-year deal. Um, just kind of a couple of solid backups. Then come the moves that happened more recently, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley for two years, $10 million. And then you got fullback Kyle Juszczyk for five years, $27.5 million. And we kind of saw the structure of that. It's re- He's really, really affordable for like the first two to three years. And then it gets kind of like up near the $8 million range in the last couple of years, which probably would either – either would no longer be on the roster or they'd, they'd probably just extend him or restructure that. And then you have cornerback Jason Verrett, who signed today for one year, $5.5 million. And then you have outside linebacker Samson Ebukam, who signed for two years, $13.5 million. And obviously the one name missing from that list that everybody's hoping they get to see, or most people are hoping they get to see, is Trent Williams. And we'll see. The 40, I do believe that the 49ers still have enough room to sign him. Uh, you know, Trent Williams said it himself. Like, if, 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 they, if they want me, they'll make it work. Um, we'll just see. We'll see if the 49ers feel like that is the way to go, you know, if, if they can make it work. I do feel like the Colts are just going to straight up offer Trent Williams the thought of having him next to, like, Quentin Nelson. They're probably going to offer him, like, $22, 23000000 a year, and it's really going to be on the 49ers to get close to that. I don't know if they're going to have to match it, uh, but they got to get close, and they got to make it make it worth their while for – for uh for Trent Williams. So that's really the big name we're waiting to see what happens. Um Trent will the Trent Williams and the 49ers and other teams have about another day and a half the 17th at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I believe, before free agency officially hits and Williams can sign with anywhere. But as you can see, everybody's agreeing to deals and stuff. So if the 49ers do kind of get it locked up, we'll, we can know about it before then. Um, I just, I don't know how it's going to go. I wish I could kind of give you one way or the other about like my feelings and my confidence towards it, but it's, it's kind of just up in the air for now. Um, let's get some speakers in here. We got a couple chilling, uh, hey, real quick, before, before we get to it, um, I see Fred's question about, um, Cordell Patterson and he said, uh, you know, we still need a kick return. And yeah, like that's one signing 
we'll see how long he lasts. I'm pretty sure he'll be like, you know, third or fourth wave of free agency. It probably will be a while, um, but he will be, you know, he has this very specific role. Well, actually, it's not very specific because it's kind of like he's utilized a little bit more like Debo Samuel, but really like a running back, like teams, he's back there with like number 84 on and teams are lining him up in the backfield in a running back stance. So um, they'll use him that way, but terrific kick returner, always has the green light. 49ers definitely could use somebody like him. Haven't had that type of return man since Ted Ginn. That's really dangerous all the time. So um, I would, I would, I would really like that. That's one signing in the free agency where I'm like, all right, like that, that I would really like that because, you know, you have somebody that can help flip field or is just dangerous anytime he, we don't really think about Patterson in his life, but he's really arguably the best kick returner ever. Like I want to say he has like the most kick returns for touchdowns. Obviously we're going to think about Hester. And I think when I think of Hester, I think more of punt returner, although he was a kick returner. We saw him open, open the Super Bowl (laughs) with a kick return to the crib, but like, Patterson, like he is one of like he's in that conversation for best kick returner in the NFL history. So um, he's somebody I definitely would like to to see the 49ers sign in, in that role. And uh, it would be a little pricey for somebody that's mainly going to be your kick returner, but I think that would be very worth it, especially like somebody when you think of in the big games, right? Say 49ers in the playoffs, and they kick off to him, and he gets a huge return. Like that, that's when it's gonna be like, wow, okay, that was, it was well worth the money. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of names, intriguing names still out there. Maybe that's what we'll see how tomorrow unfolds, but maybe that's what me and Croc will do on Wednesday. It's kind of break down the names that are still out there that maybe the 49ers could be interested in slash afford. We'll just kind of, we have to wait to see how this Trent Williams dominoes falls, but let's get to, let's get to those couple speaker requests. Aaron Byrne, he's had him on in here for a while. Aaron, you are now on stage, my friend. What do you got? Hey, how you guys doing? Is, uh, you know, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Always Let's go, baby. That. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was listening all the way when Kevin Jones started a podcast. Oh, man, dude, long time, dude. I appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate you hanging around. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I had a couple of thoughts on the the whole Trent Williams deal. I mean, one, it's like it feels like you just have to sign him. How do you let him walk? I mean, you traded – you know, pick for him. You don't sign him. You create a hole. Then you have to invest a good draft pick to get him, you know, to get his replacement. And it kind of takes off um, the board of replacing um, or finding Jimmy's uh, replacement, you know, in the first round um, pick. Um, And if anything, this would be the year to do it. I mean, if you think about it, uh, you got a somewhat high draft pick that you hope you don't get up there again. And, um, um, you know, you got a new defensive uh, coordinator, new stuff. It's just such a big change, such a weird, you know, new time. It's like it just feels like the right time to make that change now rather than, you know, see what happens later. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. You know, I feel like it is tough. You got to just – you got to use all resources right now to make sure that that happens, you know. Um, you know, Kyle and John – and I think ultimately, you know, Kyle kind of gets the – feels the brunt of the good and the bad that happens with the 49ers. But ultimately, Kyle Shanahan, he's the he's the one that pulls the trigger on all of this stuff. So it's really up to Kyle. I think Parag tells him what makes sense and what doesn't. But, I, I you know, anytime you have, like, a sign like this, like, to this magnitude, like, 
you just got to make it happen however. Now, you don't want to, like, ruin the entire, you know, roster or or uh, salary cap by doing it, but you you just have to do it. Yeah, I agree 100%. Just got to make it happen one way or the yeah. other. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean that's that's how I am about Trent Williams too. Like I I mean can the 49ers succeed without him? Of course they can. They can work their way around it and figure out who who's going to take his place. But to me like when you have one of the absolute best players at that position, there really is no reason to let them walk out the door. Like yeah, you're going to pay top money, but you're also paying top money for the best at the position. Like you're getting what you pay for in every sense of the word. So, you know, other teams will be glad to pay Trent Williams. And I just feel like the 49ers need to be the one that does it. Absolutely. And you know, the other thing real quick is I think it's kind of funny that the uh, 49ers restructure D Ford's contract who may or may not play again, but they're just too afraid to touch Jimmy's. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. They don't. They knew that they were already obligated to a certain amount of money with with D Ford sure. because. Of, but yeah, no. They that if they touch Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, you know that they were really scratching for money because they can get out of that contract right now and yeah. only lose like a million and a half out of yep. twenty seven million. So if you're messing with that, then you are desperate for money. And I just I do not see them doing it. I would nah. be really surprised if they do. One hundred. Yeah. But well, anyway, thanks for taking letting me talk. Um, I'll let you guys get back. I gotta run back to the kids. <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate you, man. Tell them I said hi. Uh, thanks. Have a good one. All right, brother. All right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, dude, if the idea of letting Trent Williams walk out the door again, I'm saying the 49ers would could would could should. Be fine without it. You can make things work, just like. But you don't want to. You don't want to create I mean, other holes. And, you don't want to even embrace yeah, that. Well, right. you don't want to create extra holes, and that was my. That's my biggest thing. Like, you have a left tackle. Don't create the need for a left tackle. So you're you're just gonna have to figure it out, especially when you're not. Prob- you're probably not 100% sold. You're probably not 100% sold on your right tackle. So, and then you have, you know, a right guard position that you have to fill. Then you have to figure out your center position. Like, don't make left t- tackle a priority as well. That 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 that'd be tough. Right, right. And and again, it's not even like it's not just any left tackle. It's like one of the best in the NFL. So just kind of, you know, like we've said multiple times, you pay quarterbacks. You pay guys that protect quarterbacks, and you pay guys that get after quarterbacks, and everything else you might be able to work on. I'm not. That's not a slight to you know wide receivers, corners, and whoever's, but you know those are the those are the three kind of like cornerstone positions of the NFL. So you know you got to they got to make it work. If they don't, I'd be very surprised. But I mean, I guess at this point, I wouldn't say I'd be shocked. But all right, Christian, our last person on the speaker request list, you are on stage, my friend. What do you got? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, could you hear me good? Yeah, we can't hear you well, my friend. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on uh, Josh Rosen? Do you see him as a backup or potential competition for Jimmy G? Man, I feel like if if he ended up being competition, then things, like, really worked out for him. And, like, Kyle Shanahan brought out the best in him because I do just see him as, like, a backup. You know, that's it. I, I just I see him as a backup. And somebody who has some genuine experience kind of – 
I don't really see Josh Rosen. Obviously, he was drafted much, much higher. But I don't really see Josh Rosen as much more than like a C.J. Beathard or a Nick Mullins. They all have starting experience. It all didn't go that great, and that's it. I don't know, Croc, what do you think, man? Do you see uh, Josh Rosen as as something more than that? No, I I agree. You know, at the end of the day, we've seen – you know, kind of who he is. I, I do think out of everybody, he he's kind of been dealt a a, a a tough hand, right? A bad hand where, you know, he was drafted in the top ten to a team, and you and you think like you're going to be able to grow into this this, this squad and this position as a, as a leader, and then it's like, nah, like we're trading you the next year, you know? So they traded him. He didn't even have a full off season uh, with the with the Dolphins. You know, he kind of got there. And then um, gets forced into like a situation where like they're the worst team in football. They're they're having a fire sale of, of all players. They're they're getting rid of Minka Fitzpatrick. You know Larry Larryman uh, Tunsil. Uh, they get rid of Kenyon Drake. Remember they were just getting rid of everybody left and right. And then you know all of a sudden like yeah it's bad. And then you know what we don't want you either. And then, you know, then he's free again, like, and he has to try to figure it out with the Bucks. The next thing you know, he's with the 49ers. So it's just been tough. It's been a tough three-year stretch for him, for sure. Um, you would like to think that if there's a way that he can be in on a team for longer than a year, maybe there's some success there, right? I mean, like, when you, you brought up Mullins and Beathard, those guys were on the team for four years, you know, on the same team in the same system, getting coached by the same coach. Rosen has had, what, four different head coaches and coordinators in four, in three and a half, four years, whatever it is. Like, it's just been a bad hand that he's dealt. And, uh, I, I don't want to say all he's going to be is a backup. I think there is some talent there, but eventually he's, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe people are seeing something that, and they just don't like what they're seeing. And that, that could be the case too. But these teams that keep drafting top, you know, top five, quarterbacks you know to replace him and then he goes to where he's you know a place where he's behind the greatest quarterback of all time so it's like what do you do (laughs) what do you do uh ryan fitzpatrick just signed with the washington football team oh nice that's a good sign one year 10 million yep one year 10 million somebody in the comments just posted uh a screenshot of when when from the lord of rings and all it says is the return of the king it's like (laughs) yeah but uh, yeah, so he's he's going over there, and you know that's good for them, man. He'll be able to sling it around. I'm uh, I'm also uh, Terry McLaurin is also one of my keepers uh, within my fantasy football league, so I know that he will appreciate uh, Ryan Fitzmagic and slinging it around. That, that'll be nice throwing the deep ball. But yeah, I don't know, dude. Let me let me check the chat here. Scary Terry, baby. Hell yeah, man. Like I was I was very I was. Uh, I was very into him before the draft, and I, it's good to see him take off. He's just a really crafty receiver. I like watching him play, and uh, and I was ma- I had to, I made sure I picked him up in fantasy, and I'm glad that uh, glad that I did. But I'm just kind of I'm just kind of perusing through the chat, making sure we haven't left anything major out. I don't think we have. I think we've been pretty yeah. good. Fitzpatrick at rolling. Fitzpatrick through signed it. for one year, ten million dollars, and that could grow to twelve million. So if you're looking at it from a 49ers standpoint of what a more expensive uh, quarterback, and I think that's—I don't even think that's to be a backup quarterback, though. No, he's going to be the guy. Yeah. Maybe they draft. Maybe they draft one. Maybe if they get a chance at one, maybe they draft one. But I mean, it's still good to have somebody like that in the building that you can start the year off with, and you maybe run through the whole year and give your rookie time. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think that's right. Um, Christian said, any Jalen Hurd updates? Christian, sorry, I didn't mean to just, like, boot you out of the room like that. It's just that sometimes when uh, when we bring people up to speak, they don't mute themselves. So, like, we start getting all kinds of background noise, and obviously everybody knows this becomes the pod. So we got to try and, try and preserve some of that. But no Jalen Hurd updates, man. I haven't heard anything about him. The 49ers didn't do, like, they're kind of – there was there wasn't a combine, so they didn't do their yearly press conferences. I'm sure somebody may have asked in that situation about him. We haven't really heard anything about him. Last we know is that he was recovering from that back injury, which was fairly serious. So we'll just see if he can if he could pull something out. And, you know, going through uh, the the back injury and then going through a torn ACL. Like that's tough, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's deflating. I, I I have heard that he's he's got a pretty insane worth it work ethic. You know, just uh, maybe that's kind of like some mixed reviews. But he the dude's a beast and. Seeing him in person, he's a really big dude, really muscular, really like just built guy. So maybe he works his way back. We'll see. The 49ers could really use somebody like that. They still don't really have a guy like that. And he can do a lot. So hopefully the 49ers get something out of him. I've said it the past couple of podcasts, he would just be kind of like a bonus, you know, like anything that they can get out of Jalen Hurd at this point would be a, you know, bonus. I don't think I didn't really subscribe to that, Jordan. I don't think they. I don't think they didn't have a press conference just because they were avoiding questions. I just feel like they felt like there's not really much new to talk about, and we'll probably have two or three more press conferences between now and you know the start of the all whatever the off season program is. And they just, I just think they didn't feel a need for it. I don't think they're afraid to talk about. I think they've been pretty clear as far as you know the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. They it would just say more of the same. Like nope, he's our guy. We'll, I mean, we'll we'll look to address. We we'll, we you know maybe we can update. Uh, maybe we can upgrade. But if not, you know, Jimmy's uh, same shit they've always yeah. said. Y'all you already yeah. know what it is. But anyways, I hope Emmanuel Sanders returns on a cheap one year deal. I could see it if the Forty ers you know that that little meme. I would like to see it. Um, I, I mean, I would I'd be a big fan of that. It just depends on if the 49ers are still in the market for Trent Williams, and I'm assuming he's going to take them down to the wire as far as salary cap goes. And you got to remember they have to reserve some space for uh, the rookies and stuff like that. So we'll see. We'll see. I would like to see Emmanuel Sanders come back. It makes a lot of sense. But it, they just might not have the room. They might not have the room. Um, Crocker. Yeah. We got through all our speaker requests. We're kind of just, you know, we're obviously rolling with the chat right now. You got any uh, closing thoughts, my friend? I mean, I appreciate everybody for for joining. Make sure you guys subscribe, patreon.com slash crock talk. And uh, I'll see you guys (laughs) Wednesday when we come (laughs) on here. So, you know, crock didn't even pitch, like, what we're doing now. He's pitching his own thing that doesn't even involve me. He doesn't give a fuck about me. He does. I mean, you make all the logos and stuff. So, I mean, to a certain extent. I know. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, yeah, get on there and go go subscribe to Eric Crocker's Patreon just so that guy can find another way to take your money. <laughs> I mean, that's all he's really trying to do. <laughs> so, uh, all right, all right. Hey, again, hey, last – so when we first started out on the, on the locker room, and it's really only been like four episodes now. When we first started out, it was like 10 to 20. Then the second episode, it was like we're in the 20s. Then the third episode, we're in the 30s. And now a couple times, I think we got up into the 40s, and right now we're still in the 30s. So, hey, I really appreciate everybody for chilling in here with us. It's a new thing. Um, The Android app is on the way from what I've been told. Um, I mean, that's your problem for owning an Android. I'm just kidding. Don't get mad. Don't don't get mad. Don't leave us a bad review because I made fun of Android. I'm just kidding. Um, But – 
Android app is on the way. Just thanks for being a part of this with us. I, I find it way more fun than just doing our normal yeah. way of recording. I love having you guys in here, asking the questions, being able to read your guys' thoughts in real time and asking the stuff on the, in the chat. I love it. I love it. Um, Crocker and I planned, remember we said Sunday at seven, Wednesdays at seven. We jumped on here today just because of quite a bit happened in free agency and we wanted to run through that with you guys. Um, but our, we will plan on being back here at Wednesday at seven to talk free agency and what happens in the meantime and anybody the 49ers sign and shoot anybody we'd like to see the 49ers still pick up they've got the money but hey you already know what it is i appreciate you guys thanks for being here thanks for listening both to the podcast and jumping in the locker room app but for another evening for another episode i'm rob that's croc we're striking gold and we are signing out peace Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.